Thank you to everybody who took the time to provide us either a review or rated us. We have 12 five-star ratings. So thank you guys so much. As you guys know, we have a goal to get to a hundred. So if you guys could help us out, if you haven't already, go ahead and drop that review and give us five stars if you are enjoying this content. Without further ado, let's jump in. Hey. From Freedom Fighters to Entanglements, this is Rooted Black Girls with Farhan Afnan. Representing everyday Black millennial women of multiple faiths and cultures. Today, you guys, I'm so excited that we have no trigger warnings, no disclaimers. We're just going to be talking current events today. <laughs> Very excited about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but before we jump into current events, we told you guys, and we're going to tell you again, we're going to keep on telling you that our sis, Breonna Taylor, has not yet had justice. Y'all know I usually don't be on Twitter, but I saw something really, really awesome that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, there was someone who said, instead of saying, arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor, can we say arrest Jonathan Mattingly? Brent Hankinson. I don't even care about getting their names right because we don't respect them, care for them. You know, they need to be arrested, honestly. And Miles Cosgrove. So all three of them, right, is that we're addressing them by name, not because we want to make them famous, but we saw over the last few weekends, especially with the holiday weekend of 4th of July, they were at the beach, y'all, living their best lives. I don't know how you can be frolicking, as what I put earlier when we were talking about it so comfortably, knowing that you've robbed a family and a community of of an innocent life with no regard. Uh, so we wanted to kick off the episode in honor of our sis and say we haven't forgotten about her, hashtag uh, justice for Breonna Taylor. So, you know, just wanted to make sure that the energy is still high around that initiative before we jump in. Well, but yeah. uh, Cops, man, they have got to get some justice. Wasn't yeah. it with Elijah McClain where, and God rest his soul in both peace and power, but didn't the officers actually go back to the scene of the crime during, for his death? I saw that and I, uh, it, it's, 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 it, you can't make sense of it. I can't make sense of it. I don't understand. You know what it is? It's qualified immunity. They can get away with it because it's part of their um, abilities and it's just structured so that they can do these things and get away with it. And so we need to end qualified immunity. That's a different episode. We'll talk about it on a different day, you know, yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of good stuff out there. But we did also want to um, bring recognition to the amazing work of yeah. Congressman uh, John Lewis and Reverend C.T. Vivian. Um, they were pioneers in civil rights and died on the same day, which is so fascinating. And God, you know, may, may they rest in peace and power as well. And so they were, they were both young pioneers. They were freedom fighters and freedom riders. They both received the highest honor the uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom Award. Um, and so we just wanted to honor them. We've lost pioneers and giants, but the work still continues and that's how we honor them. And so we have to continue this good fight. You know, 2020, they're taking out people. It started with Kobe, my dude, you know, and like right. <laughs> nonstop. But, you know, I think this is bittersweet. They died in old age. You know, they had a beautiful life. And I think we honor them by continuing the fight and making this world better. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm excited that I got to at least say that I voted for John Lewis. Not that it was ever a race here in Atlanta, but um, as like my elected official. Um, so I'm, I'm excited that I, I, I at least got a chance to be represented by him for a little bit of my life, which is really, really cool. You know what's a cool fact? Our homegirl and listener of the pod, Huda Adam, actually was a summer uh, fellowship 
uh, I saw that with uh, with uh, John Lewis in oh DC, God. and I visited her during that time. I think our good friend of Sean actually got to meet uh, Congressman John Lewis before his passing. I didn't get that pleasure, but it was such a cool uh, thing to call Huda and be like, "Yeah, he's just walking around the office, and he's around, and we're talking to him, and he was just so kind and endearing, and really acted like he knew everybody when everyone, you know, it was impossible for him to do that." And so she had a great experience and a great time on the hill because she was working with him of all people but yes but before we get into the mess of current events as we know them because it's been a very interesting like week week and a half of net how have you been girl it's still covid we're still mid-swing especially in atlanta in the south where people don't listen honey listen so i know you guys heard about my soror our soror uh mayor keisha lancebottom being sued for enforcing masks Mm -hmm. in the state of Georgia here in Atlanta specifically. Um, And it just goes to show you like, there's two sides of the house. There's, you know, we're gonna be safe, we're gonna take precautions. And then there's these nonsense, we're not even gonna get, we're not gonna entertain this fool camp. But anyway, so I feel like this, uh, this last like week or two, I've hit like COVID blues part two, right? Mm -hmm. So when COVID initially happened, I wasn't really struggling. Um, I was kind of saying like, oh, I'm not getting weight. And, you know, I got quiet time and da, da, da. But it finally, I think like after several months, because I'm naturally like a homebody anyway. So it wasn't a big adjustment. Um, but then like, you know, now that we're in July and I'm like, okay, look, <laughs> look, uh, I've had enough. So um, I had to find my routine again. And I literally went back to exactly what I wrote down after our interview with Dr. Duyon. And that helped me a lot. Like, okay, this is, this is kind of where I went astray. Like I wasn't going outside and getting sun, which is a game changer for me personally. Yeah. Um, I wasn't like taking walks and going like you know what I mean just doing things within you know safe perimeters mm-hmm. um and that's helped a lot over the last couple of days just like get me back you know I was telling Feta I finally did my eyebrows like I feel like I've been able to take care of myself a little bit more mm-hmm. um but how about you Feta like how are you holding up are you okay? You know what? I am such a flower child, right? My birthday is at the, the yes. top of like the summertime. It's like Memorial Day weekend and it's like pop off, right? Yeah. And I've been confined and I'm trying to do a good job of that. But people keep trying to lure me back out and act reckless. <laughs> <laughs> mashallah you're very social too which is really awesome mashallah i know and i've been in the house and i've been trying to like what is it like social distance pod with people so i like seeing our mean you know i see maybe one or two friends i have one friend that we watch insecure reruns together my old college roommate Brittany curtis and we'll do that. So these are like my two potting people of sorts. Okay. And so it was Narmeen's birthday and we ventured out to a restaurant, girl. Oh, wait, oh. but I, what? <laughs> I know. Okay. I know. And I am a healthcare professional. I was about to say, yeah, because you you were the first one to be like social distancing, masks, sanitizer, let's go. So like, walk me through this. Like, how does this work with like masks and food? Like, Oh yeah. my God. So we went to the restaurant and I prefer to sit outdoors, but they had like inclement weather warnings. And so they only were seating people indoors. And of course it wasn't a big ass like cheesecake factory where everyone's social distancing, you know, and they have the space to do so. Of course I want to go to the boutique cute vibey restaurant. Right. Yeah. And I get there and I'm like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> and we ended up having to sit at the bar cause they had no seating. It's like reservation only. It was three of us and we were like feasting. They did a good job of like wearing masks and 
it's funny because the the uh, bartender who ended up like serving us food, right? Because we were there. And so he asked, um, so, hey, do you guys have any allergies? And I was like, yes, the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, noted. <laughs> Got it. So it was, um, I don't think it's the smartest decision. I just don't know. I think like ergonomically, like you got plate of food, like walking through the restaurant with the aerosols, you know, and to eat, you have to remove your mask in a building. So I will tell you, I didn't feel like it was the smartest decision when I got home and my ass was over there with the elderberry and the steam. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, hell no. I took my vitamin C. I was drinking tea. I was like, oh, I don't got time for to be sick. And plus I have asthma, like no jokes aside. And I'm starting to hear about coronavirus cases very close to home like patients who have like siblings or my mom's realtor, both her uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law died within a week of each other because of coronavirus. I know it's coming close y'all. And so if it hasn't affected you already, it's happening. So be smart. It wasn't a smart decision. I don't know if I'm going to do it again. Um, Listen, I've heard people getting coronavirus for the second time. Yeah. The herd immunity is bullshit. Meaning like you get infected, you have the antibodies as surveyors, and it attacks it if it hits again, it's not happening with this virus. And so we don't know what the hell is going on with this thing. And we, what we know is that mask work, motherfucker. So wear them. <laughs> I, like, I, I have been meaning to like go out and do something. Thank you for always inviting me out and always letting me turn you down yeah. <laughs> because I'm so scared. I'm just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. But yeah. um, I live vicariously through you. But you know, like some people's Snapchats and like Instagram, I'd be looking and it's like, they're literally out, no mask, walking around. And it literally, because it's still happening so much, I was like, is this even like a real thing anymore? But I've been in the house. So I was like, how are all these people doing? But you know what I realized? There's a lot of people who are not telling others that they actually got COVID and they just kind of like do their incubator thing and then they come back out and they do the same. And I'm just like, how mm-hmm. it's dangerous, but it's totally whatever. Dangerous. I just think we need to do, you know, play our part. Um, the human condition is that we don't think something can affect us until it does. And mm-hmm. I think that's whack here. Like yeah. it's happening. It's affecting people. We have over a hundred thousand people in the united states that have died from a virus in three months motherfuckers like what is going if you what like it has to it's it's real we have to play our part the way that you show and give compassion and empathy for people that have lost lives and the potential to lose lives is by wearing a mask and playing your part and washing your hands nasty ass (laughs) speaking of dangerous nasty all this other stuff i know you heard about what happened with uh, Tory Lanez and Meg Thee Stallion? Allegedly. As I feel allegedly. like our, <laughs> I feel like our sister, sister Wendy Williams would be like, allegedly. Because, you know, she gets lawsuits every other day, you know? For her now. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I definitely heard about it. I don't know. There's news sources coming from everywhere saying different things. But at the grand scheme of things, it sounds like Tory Lanez shot Meg Thee Stallion when she didn't want to go with him somewhere. And it's, and there's other reports that they've been in a relationship that was on kind of the low for eight months and she didn't want to leave with him. And so <laughs> he shot her in the foot. What is that ever okay? Wait, do you really believe they were together? Like in my mind, I just cannot see. Megan is what, like 5'11"? She is tall. She is gorgeous. She's 
solid. And, and this is one thing he's not is solid. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to size shame him. You know, there are people of different sizes that all deserve love. And I think mismatched love is cool too, you know, mismatched yeah. in what we think society is accepting of, right? Like I'm gonna be politically correct here. Like love who you love now. Right. Like, this one is interesting. Cause I don't think as a woman who's six one, and I'd love to take on those adjectives that we gave to make the stallion, but I'm not yes. going to, right? <laughs> no, but they all apply, mashallah. Stallion, glass of water. I know you've heard it your whole life. So don't even try <laughs> to be humble on here. We've talked Wait, about it. In fact, did I tell you how the president of the University of Florida, we were at his mansion doing something for like scholars, right? Like new incoming students. And he takes a picture with me and my mentee because I was, I was a mentor at the time. And he was like, aren't you a tall cup of water? And I was like, oh, I melted. I was like, this yeah. <laughs> but yes, he, I think, did you see that his, uh, he was booked. And it said that he was, he's 5'3 and 120 something pounds. I am bigger than him at that rate. And we, I know y'all have seen of our pictures where mashallah, like, <laughs> Farah is up here. And I'm like, wait, Farah, come lower. <laughs> Maybe it's that supermodel love, you know, where the girls wear the heels and they're kind of like, they put their hand on the guy's shoulder, like stand there and prop me yes. up type. Yes. But I, uh, I hope it's not a Napoleon complex thing, you know? And there have been reports of Tory Lanez, actually, um, an ex of his came out and said that he has abused her before. Really? And actually said something like, if, if um, I don't love you and you're not with me, then no other nigga can have you. So, so I don't know if it's under that sentiment. It's just unacceptable. At what point is it ever okay to shoot somebody, though? You know? And Meg Thee Stallion came out with a report. She, uh, on her Instagram, she wrote a note that said, like, some, she's been traumatized by this experience. Her life was in danger um, and that we're making fun of it. I think people were laughing by it. I think because we're largely uncomfortable in addition to, um, we don't know the true story. Did he shoot her? Was it domestic abuse? And they can tell it, tell it to us whenever, right? Um, right? We have to heal both physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, our prayers are out to Meg Thee Stallion. We hope she has a full recovery. But what a mess, though. What are, your, what are your thoughts around this? I think it's just absurd. But it's right in line with all the rest of the crap that we've been hearing in 2020. It's like, like of the headlines of 2020 that I would have never expected is that Tory Lane shoots Meg Thee Stallion. Right. You know, like, and then in the proximity of Caitlyn Jenner, some, or, or what is it? It was Kylie. like Kylie Jenner's house, like plot thickens, though. Yeah, somebody said anytime black people try to be with with Kylie or the Kardashian clan, something bad happens. And I was like, mm -hmm. yikes. Like, stay away. There's like a curse or something. I don't want to play into that. But yeah. it sounds eerily similar to Rihanna and Chris Brown to me. Yeah. You know? the, trauma, the trauma is a little bit, I think when someone beats you in your face, and I'm not trying to compare traumas like you said earlier, I think, you know, both of them are traumatic. But I think there's just, there's some sick, something going on here and I, and I really don't like it um and I just I pray for the both of them uh someone noted that I think the bail that they set for Tory Lanez for shooting Meg in the foot was the same as they gave um if I'm not mistaken I think it was set at like a million dollars or something insane wow he's something his life and I'm like what is it in stars where they have become so like verbose and like egotistic that you're willing to you think you're above the law and shooting someone because they here's the thing 
The funny thing is, just the other day, Tori was saying that he no longer goes to parties where he feels the need to have a gun. And it's like, okay, so was that just Twitter fingers? Like, what was yeah. that? And I feel like if you've reached some level of notoriety, number one, like, you should have security. You see Beyonce rolling around with Julius all the time. I'd be looking at Julius like, oh, he's fine, you know? But, like, she's got... <laughs> You know, she brings her security around and people thought she was bougie about it, but that made her feel safe. She's not out here gun toting. Like you can't be toting a gun as a celebrity. That's just is not not a smart book at you every time. Yeah. They're gonna throw the book at you every single time. How is Tory Lane's gonna come back from this? And, and and it's like you just ruined your life. You just came off, you were a winner of coronavirus with his damn lives and having women from the world dancing on the videos, you know, like he came out really on top with his his the that that live series. Not the type of top I want to be a part of, but like, you know, <laughs> he, he did relatively well. They considered him a winner in addition to DJ Nice, uh, Boosie, I think, got notoriety during, you know, the height of coronavirus. And yeah. he maybe just like lost it all because of a Napoleon complex or because he was heated and couldn't control himself. Child, listen, speaking of being heated, I know you saw the interview with August Alsina where he was telling Angela Yee that, uh, he uh he didn't use this word but it's the it's another word of 2020 i saw a tweet that said we learned three words in 2020 uh quarantine pandemic and entanglement <laughs> <laughs> did you see something that said uh, uh ti is upset that uh jada pickett smith used entanglement before he did <laughs> oh my god and then didn't capitalize off of it right uh, i didn't capitalize because you know he loves to use big words out of context and unnecessarily it's just yeah. uh Oh man, just do it. Do what you want to do, Ti. Though <laughs> he's a mess. But like, I actually love August Alsina. I have been, and I know you were like giving me a little flack. Look yeah, at you, rolling like your eyes at me. August Alsina. I love August Alsina. So when I was a senior in college, it was at his, the height of his career when all of those songs with Chris Brown and I loved it and da 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 all came out. But then I actually like randomly listened to his album. And what really drew me in was his story about how his brother had passed and he took care of his nieces and ne his nieces, excuse me, three nieces as his own. And I just thought that was really beautiful. Um, and he was very, very raw. He was almost kind of like a Jaheim where he has like this hood gangsta kind of exterior, but he's R&B and sings about love and all this other stuff. So I really love that. Um, so anyway, besides that, so to hear him come out with, you know, a full interview, talking about his relationship with Jada and people had been speculating because he had put out another song called Nunya where he mentioned her by her middle name so um yeah so a lot of people <laughs> were wait, 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 like now you don't think when he came out and had that interview with Angela Yee and then talked about the relationship that it was self-promoting like that's your boy though you don't think he was trying to you know get his album sales up um from what I've seen I've never seen him be gimmicky like that um, I think because his docu-series came out recently as well. And in the docu-series, he was talking, excuse me, in the docu-series, he was talking about, I think it was like five episodes where he was talking about his life. That docu-series he had been filming since like 2015, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like there's people even in it who like didn't make it to the end because they had passed away um, and had been murdered and stuff. So it was actually really sad. But in the docu-series, because it's so long, people were like, you can't have like a conversation this long without talking about some love interest. So then when Angela, you brought it up. Right. Like he was, he was just getting out of that relationship around 2015, I think. 
exactly. So some, I'm, I'm not sure exactly the timeline, but I think all of those things together on top of him really, really getting sick and then meeting Jada and all of that, like is a very big part of the story. I don't think you can really tell any story without some kind of romance, you know, at that length, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when Angela brought it up, I think a part of it for August from what the longer interview said is that he never intended to like talk about it but people were starting to bring it back up and say like he had broken up a home and that's where he drew the line. He's like, I don't really give a fuck about y'all knowing my relationship or not, but I, I, I do care for those people and I would never want it to be that I destroyed a home, especially that home, because that's just not the truth. And I think that's kind of what he alleged was the reason why he brought it up um, and was willing to talk about it with Angela. But I think that's something that they had discussed before. But I just thought the entanglement, the use of the word, because, you know, Jada pulled herself to the table. And you know I was ready for that table talk. I think but- Will pulled her to the table because he was not trying to have her PC answers. He was like, entanglement? Listen, like, yeah. entanglement? <laughs> the funny thing is, though, that I will note is about two years ago in 2018, they did a longer episode, a two-part um show right and they were both like 40 minutes long and they talked about their marriage and they talked about taking a break Mm. right and so the timelines actually work out but in that episode will was much lighter about it i think because nobody really knew Mm -hmm. um but even like if you look at willow's face and gam's face when they're talking about their separation and doing their own thing there's like a little bit of like emotion there Mm. and so it's like i i think that that had already happened and been done with by 2018 but it's interesting to see will's different um you don't ever know what's going on in their lives but like his entire persona looked different i think having to have come out in front of everybody that someone else has slept with his wife i think it's not i think he's in the essence of their relationship i think he's okay with it they've come to terms they've grown from the moment they've they're they've decided to be life partners right whatever that means and i didn't think they needed to go in depth about like how their relationship works but i think will smith had he is will smith he's curated this like squeaky clean image where he's never cussed in a song he's like he used to be the highest paid actor in any movie ever outside of like after earth you know, or like Wild Wild West. Every movie he was like, I love Wild Wild West. Hold up, hold up. I love that movie. <laughs> I'm dead. I am questioning your taste, honey. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but like outside of those movies that like didn't do well in the box office, and he talks about those things that like kill him. He's such a guy around image, and you see that often. They talk about it often on Red Table Talk. So I think this is just like it's pushing him to like, despite may, uh, having his life and his story being told without his control, that he has to lean in and be honest around it. So I think that's what looked like was taking a toll on him, was this like, yeah. his life is played out and it's because of Jada. And he was like, I'm gonna get you back. You know, he said that on- <laughs> But you know what? They really didn't tell us anything we didn't already know, basically, right? Because there, that whole back and forth about like, I'm gonna get you back. And she's like, well, I think you already got me back. And then it was like, well, what did he do, sis? And then he's like, oh, you're right, you're right. Let me back off. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, I'm still gonna get you back. And so that's for them. It's their relationship. That's true. I think what would be really cool, because I think there are a lot of people who live alternative lives and, alter- and have alternative relationships that work best for them. And I do think that society tells us we have to live one way and be monogamous or have one partner for the rest of our life. And they've kind of worked and been relatively successful. Of course, there's always ups and downs with an alternative lifestyle. And I yeah. think if they're willing to be honest, I think people need to hear that because I think there's a lot of people who live alternative lifestyles and live underground because it's not accepted among society. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I think that they should be a little more honest, but I think as they continue to do the red table talk and there is this radical transparency there. Um, and I think they're going, I noticed that Jada often isn't the most forthcoming around her own business. She kind of calls it on other people and really requires it to be part of the table. But if you listen to her, she's a master around not really saying much about her specific issues. They, yeah. you know, I don't know if it's a PR machine or if she's just, someone said on Twitter, she's mastered the art of saying much without saying anything yeah. you know, about her own business. Yeah. And so I think the, the Red Table Talk is something that she started to kind of lift her spirits and live in her authentic truth. And it's kind of pulling Will towards a direction that he doesn't necessarily want. You know, he wants yeah. to be Mr. Image, squeaky clean image. And yeah. so we'll see. I think it, the Red Table Talk is a great place. I'm glad she called herself to the table because I thought it would have been hella whack that she has this table of radical transparency and she doesn't. I would have loved to see August at the table. I would have loved, but I don't think Will was going to be like, you ain't going to have this man across the table from me. That's just, that's just too much, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of messy. I don't think it's that's necessary for me. Yeah, I but I, I thought that was cool. And I think even the episode that they had put out a few episodes before this, you know, when, before all this blew up, was the father, um, the Father's oh, Day episode. I don't know if you saw that. Y'all, if you haven't watched that, it was so good. It really was good. so good. Especially if you haven't, if you don't have kids, Kids yet it's really amazing to watch before you get into relationships so you can think through some things i know for me it was very very helpful so nice did you watch it with fred sit again did you watch it with fred Girl, no. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh-uh. I know better. What I'll do is I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. And then there'll be like little tidbits that I'd be like, oh, are cool. And then I'll let him, if he wants to, he can go watch on his own. I've learned not to be like, you need to watch this. Because that just never sets the right tone. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's funny. And maybe we can cut this out of the episode. And you let, let me know. But I was listening to um, Esther Perel. She's this like great relationship counselor. And she talked about, and it kind of talks about the Red Table Talk, like about love versus desire. And how, when you love someone, do you desire them? Uh, and love meaning like having, you have that person and the security. And that's where love kind of is bred. And then, but desires from wanting. So how do you keep up the wanting with the love that you have? Yeah. And she said three things, either you create space, um, that you see them in their element and the work that they do. And you're like enamored by it around like how passionate they are around their own task and skills. Yeah. And then lastly, around like element of surprise or like thoughtfulness. And so, yeah. you know, I think Will and Jada, you kind of talked about that with your relationship with Fred of like, Hey, I realize like, if I want to call on him gently. Like I'm going to let him do that for, for himself. So people are kind of figuring out their own way of like love and, and desire. And, you know, those Smiths have done it too. And so, Hopefully, Meg the Stallion finds better love, you know, and she's not she, doing this shit no she more. She deserves it. I'm tired of seeing her with these. And and who are we to judge? She knows what makes her happy. But like, money bag, yo, like, I don't have anything personally against him. But when I think of like Meg the Stallion and who can hold her down, that's not him. Personally. I know. And she's so young, too. And so yeah. I'm sad that she had to have this life experience. And I am, you know, I hope that we can see her come out on top from this experience. Yeah, same to you guys too at home, wherever you guys are watching in the car with your masks on, washing your hands. hands. <laughs> right, but we hope you guys are doing well and we will see you on the next episode. Bye, yeah. guys.